We're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. This is the Terry and Jesse Show. I am the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady, and I'm reporting for duty. Terry, what about you? Yes, Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. And Jess, I am ready to report for duty. And I got, what a great day this is, because this is an opportunity for all of us Christians and all of the people of goodwill to vote and hopefully make an impact on the culture of death with the culture of life. So that's exciting. Just today's topic, I really want to have something, uh, a little bit more of a discussion with you because over 700,000 views have con- taken place from your uh, Fox News interview where it says you cannot be a Catholic and a Democrat, which is the same thing I said on uh, Newsmax a couple months ago. And people are shocked that we would say that. But you know what, Jess? It's the truth. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. Also, the five non-negotiables explained. I had many people asking me, what are the five non-negotiables, Terry? Well, we're going to cover all of that today. And then, of course, this is a great important talk, politics and the four sins that cry out to heaven. And just just for the good-to-know file, I, I was shocked when I researched this. I mean, I'm stunned because what I found out, Jesse, is the... They call it Generation Z. I, I think um, my son is 1997, my youngest. 1997 to 2012, put your seatbelt on. 42% of the people and plan on, in America have mental health problems. 57%, Jesse, over half of them are on meds for their mental problems. Oh, wow. Now, Jesse, think about that. Those are the guys that are going to be in their 20s right now. And you wonder what's going on. And, Jess, think about this. That's only going to get worse with the culture that we're in right now. That's why this has to get turned around. So good to know, file. Pray for that. And again, this is why we are proclaiming the truth in season and out. Also, That's right. Jess, another good news story. I really like it. Archbishop Cordelion, friend of the show, he, today at 1230 Pacific Coast time, he's asking everyone in this country to pray the rosary for the America, for America with the politics today, that we're all voting, that it will be a uh, a, a win for the life. And I thought, that's the kind of leadership I'm looking in the church for. That's right. Your thoughts, uh, Jess? Yeah, Terry, also just want to remind, uh, the month of November is dedicated to the Holy Souls. So don't forget to pray a rosary every day for the Holy Soul, yeah. the, the Divine Mercy, the Angelus. Go to a cemetery, visit your uh, your family members, pray a rosary at the cemetery. The Bible says in Psalm 116, verse 15, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. So the month of November is dedicated to commemorating those who have died and departed to their heavenly home, some by way of purgatory. And it all, it all begins with All Saints Day on, on November 1st. And, and uh, obviously remember also the holy souls who died and are believed to have entered into heaven or will enter into heaven one day as they're being purified. Also, if you like what you hear... You can share our show full link at vmpr.org. Share it with others. You can also find us on social media at VMPR Radio. And our YouTube channel is called Full Sheen Ahead. Share us with your friends and evangelize everybody you love. Amen. Jesse, before we move on, I just want to welcome all the new listeners that came from this video that you did, this little one-minute, 17 sec. A little clip on Fox News. So many people said, well, who is this Jesse Romero? Who the heck is he? So I want to welcome you to the show. And also, 
I've got people from this weekend. We were at the Religious Ed Congress, San Gabriel region with Anthony, handing out cards. And many people were saying, hey, whatever happened to Terry and Jesse here in Southern California? So we've got new people coming on board, and we want to welcome you. And all I say is put your spiritual seatbelt on because we're going to hit hard. And, uh, and Jess, what I mean by hitting hard is with the truth of the gospel. Yeah. No compromises here. Yeah, and, and uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, he says that the truth will set you free. Amen. Uh, John chapter 8, verse 32, St. Paul says in Ephesians 4, 15, speak the truth in charity. And that's exactly what we do here. We're not right versus left. We are right versus wrong. And uh, again, we just come, we just uh, do these radio shows with a lot of prayer, a lot of uh, what I call holy hour of power, but also a lot of common sense, Terry, because that's all that's really required is to have a PhD in common sense. And most people don't have that any longer. And of course, we lean heavily, heavily, heavily on God's word to fight the culture of death. Well, let's talk about God's word, brother. Let's 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 read the first reading of today's mass reading because it's yeah today at holy mass was a beautiful reading it just had a lot of spiritual direction for men and women it's the first reading today was a reading from the letter of saint paul to titus chapter 2 verses 1 and following all kinds of spiritual direction here it is beloved you must say what is consistent with sound doctrine look at sound doctrine that means doctrine that's true doctrine that comes from god that's what sound doctrine means Versus heterodox or modernist, that means man's doctrine, which is full of error. Okay, so you must say what is consistent with sound doctrine, namely that older men should be temperate, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, love and endurance. So those are those are sub virtues that older men should have. Now it says about women. Similarly. Older women should, should be reverent in their behavior, not slanders, not addicted to drink, teaching what is good, so that they may train younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, chaste, good homemakers, under the control of their husbands, so that the word of God may not be discredited. Man, this, this verse right here, this just made women, just ju- feminists just jumped out of their shoes <laughs> And they hit their heads on the roof. What St. Paul here says is so completely turned upside down in American culture. But this is why there's so much divorce and so much disorder in the family. Because the second sentence is not being applied. I'll read it again. What's the role of a woman? Here it is. It's not my opinion. It's God's word. He created men and women. He should know how we should. He gave us our different roles and how we should behave according to the role that God has given us. He's, again, he says, Older women should be reverent in their behavior, not slanders, not addicted to drink, teaching what is good, so that they may train younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, chase good homemakers under the control of their husbands, so that the word of God may not be discredited. As I read this, mm-hmm. I think about the Kardashian's mom. I forget her name. She raised four daughters who go who who do completely the opposite of what St. Paul said to older women. And by the way, the Kardashian mom does the exact opposite or has done the exact opposite of what St. Paul says here. Exactly. If you want to see exactly okay, what St. Paul's talking about, look at the Kardashian family, the mom and the four daughters. They went completely against what St. Paul just said here in the first reading. Then it says, urge the younger men 
similarly to control themselves, showing yourself as a model of good deeds in every respect, with integrity in your teaching, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be criticized, so that the opponent will be put to shame without anything bad to say about us. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the older men in college, these, these Marxists in college, are teaching the young men uh, to become part of Antifa and Black Lives Matter and, be, and become anarchist. <laughs> so if you want to see an example of this paragraph that I just read of what not to do with young men, don't teach your, uh, your young men a Marxist philosophy, an atheistic education, and turn them into a bunch of anarchists. And finally, it says at the end, for the grace of God has appeared, saving all, and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age. And here's, here's the prize. As we wait the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of the great God and of our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, Jesse, that reading, I know we only have a minute here, but I'd like that reading to be read at the Senate, the, the Senate that's going on in Rome and to give them some advice and they can see how opposite they are because they are talking about opinions as meaning that, well, everybody's got their own truth. No, the Bible says just the opposite. So I would love to see that, but that's just me, Jess. Hey, well, I would say most of the people at the Senate that are running the Senate, they don't believe in the Bible. They pay it lip service. Yeah, that's true. They don't believe in the yeah, Bible. It's it's, it's, all they do is pay it lip service. Yep. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room who does believe in the Bible, Fulton Sheen. Fulton Sheen ahead. He says, to make progress, the world must have action, but it must also know why it is acting. And that requires thought, contemplation, and silence. I relate that to my article that I just shared with you, where over half of the young people from they, they call them Generation Z, 1997 to 2012, are on drugs because of their depression. And I say this because they don't know the meaning and purpose of life. We've got to bring the Word of God back into the church, Jesse. What? Did I say that? Yeah, I did. You know why? Because we're talking more about psychology more than the Word of God. And we need to bring that back because it's the Word of God and the eternal truths of our faith that are going to stabilize our generation to know the meaning and purpose of life. Mitch Pacwa said this is exactly what's wrong uh, right now in modern culture is that we've embraced psychi psychiatry, yeah. psychology, yeah. and sociology and replaced all of that. We, we've replaced theology with all these uh, uh, social sciences that come from the French Revolution. Amen. When we come back, Jess, we're going to replay your minute, a little over a minute, discussion about not being um, can't be a Catholic and a Democrat because the midterm election today is being done and it's providing an opportunity for us to have a pro-life America and we must not lose it and that's why we need bold people speaking out as clear as Jess Romero and myself I did the same thing just a month before you can't be a Catholic and a Democrat why? because it's the, the, the Democrat party is the party of death stay with us Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The Terry and Jesse Show. 
I want you to hear a small little clip. Fox and Friends from New York, uh, FNC uh, National, they came down to Scott, uh, Gilbert, Arizona, and they were they did one of their morning shows at a, a small little restaurant, a small little breakfast nook, and Pete Segeth, who's who does the morning show, he was there, and he. They, his crew asked me a question, or Pete asked me a question, the host of the show, about uh, what I was doing there because, again, it was a bunch of people that were voting for Kerry Lake for governor. We were all there. So he was just getting feedback from all of us, and somebody told him, you want to talk to that guy. He's a retired cop. He's a radio talk, Catholic radio talk show host. He's an author, and he's also very insp- involved in Hispanic politics. He goes, that's the guy I want to talk to. So he came and sat next to me. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? What big issues are you talking about that are important to you? Pete, I'm part of Catholics for Cary. I'm part of uh, Latinos for Cary, and I'm part of Cops for Cary. On the Cops for Cary, I don't know one street cop, any line cop, that's going for the Democrats with this whole defund the police nonsense. I got two sons that are working the streets right now, one in Kansas, one in, in Phoenix. Night Watch street cops, they, they took after me, after dad. Every line cop is voting for Kerry and the Republican Party because we want to fund our police. Number two, Latinos. In the Latino soul, we're conservative. We believe in faith, family, freedom, hard work. When you talk to any Hispanic and you line up the two platforms, they say, hey, I'm a Republican. Number three, on the Catholic side, so I got three hats. On the Catholic vote, the church has given us a criteria of five things called the five non-negotiables. Said, you cannot cross these lines. When you look at the Democrat and the Republican Party platform, the Republican Party platform is congruent with Catholic moral teaching on family and life. The Democrat Party violates all five non-negotiables. You cannot be a Catholic and a Democrat. Well said, yes. Terry, on, on, on several of the social medias, yes. like Instagram and some others, yes. yesterday somebody just texted me. They said that when you put all the social medias together, I think three of them, uh, uh, you, uh, YouTube, uh, uh, Instagram, and and uh, I think Facebook, yeah. they said uh, it, it's got over 1.3 million views. Why? Because it's just a small little wow. soundbite. And, and that's the thing that gets a lot of traction is small soundbites that are pithy. Yep but uh, are just loaded with dynamite and common sense. And yep. so uh, as a result of that, I've been on like four or five other radio stations and awesome. TV stations since that day. Good. Yeah, so uh, the local Telemundo last night, Hermosa uh, Radio, uh, big uh, Spanish radio station here, political Spanish station, ABC Channel 15, a kind of a liberal mainstream station, uh, yeah, I've been uh, the last two days. They've been calling me up, and I've been saying the same thing. <laughs> and they like now they're leftists. All of them lean left, yeah. but they like controversy. Yes, and so because I'm willing to say that they're actually giving me more, more airtime than Fox did, and I'm getting ten to fifteen to twenty minutes with each of them, and I'm laying out the Catholic case of the Hispanic and Catholic community. So again, so a lot of uh, a, a lot of good fruit has been born as a result of that that one seventeen minute clip. Uh, because it's opened a lot of doors to a lot of big stations. Well, I just hope, you know, when over nearly a million children being aborted in America every year, I hope and pray that that interview saves some babies' lives because people see it and go, you know what? That dude 
He's got a PhD in common sense. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm I'm Hispanic and I'm for family stuff. I'm, why would I be voting for the Democrat Party when on their platform it says we want abortion in all the nine months of a, of a, the term of the baby? I mean, Jesse, this is really important because people can listen to us on Virgin Most Powerful, and you know we got more of the choir here. But when you go on secular radio and TV like you're doing right now. You're touching people who never would tune in. And now, like this morning, I had a lady call me before the show. She said, hey, I just heard about you guys two weeks ago. Wow, I didn't know you guys existed. There was someone who would speak as boldly as you guys. Well, the, the, point, I'm, the point I'm making, Jesse, let's get more and more interviews with you or myself or any of us at Virgin Most Powerful because it's exposing to people the truths of the gospel in a way that they understand it. Yeah. Terry, a lot of people have questions about what are these five non-negotiables oh, that I yeah, just I just be... mentioned on Fox and Friends. Yep. But of course, obviously, in, in a soundbite, you don't have you don't have time to go deep no, into them. No, no. So, let, let's talk about these non-negotiables. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. In the Catholic faith, there the Catholic Church has given us moral teachings, and and these are there are some teachings that we must abide by as Catholics. Right. We can't transgress them. They're called the sin if we violate them. We must uh, we must uh, uphold them to be considered Catholics because a true Catholic abides by all the teachings of the Catholic Church. We don't pick and choose. This is not a cafeteria. Nope. And so years ago, Catholic Answers, they looked at some magisterial teachings from uh, from the Catholic Church and they, there was five teachings that they came up with that were magisterial in nature. In other words, they were consistent and they were teachings that touched upon the sanctity of life and marriage. Yep. And so the, the Catholic Answers uh, um, basically footnoted themselves and showed where they got the, the church got these teachings yep. from, showing that they were something that all Catholics must abide by. What are they? Number one, abortion. Number two, human cloning. Number three, euthanasia, commonly known as assisted suicide, physician-assisted suicide, or yeah. mercy killing. Yeah. Number four, stem cell research. Number five, homosexual marriage. So the church has has strict teachings on all five of these. So bef- before you consider a candidate stance on these subjects, you have to see where that party or the person stands on these five subjects. Now, I, I remember when Catholic Answers came out with this voter's guide, they took... They took a lot of flack right. from uh, from the management yep. in the Catholic Church, and I and I, I think they even pulled it off. They put pulled the booklet out. It's just on the internet. You can print it out the PDF, but they're no longer, I think, allowed to sell it. That was the last thing when I talked to Carl Keating years ago. He said they had to pull it off, but uh, nonetheless, the fact is that what they put out still stands true today, Terry. Absolutely, and Jesse, let's go through each one of them so that we can show when someone says I'm Catholic and I'm for abortion like President Biden or Pelosi, tell them, look up Catechism Paragraph 2258 that says human life is sacred because from its beginning it involves the creative action of God and it remains forever in a special relationship with the Creator who is its sole end. God alone is the Lord of life from its beginning until its end. No one can under any circumstance claim for himself the right 
directly to destroy an innocent human being. With all due respect, Mr. President and Nancy Pelosi and anyone else who says, I'm Catholic and I'm for killing unborn babies, well, the church is against you on that. 2261, the Catechism says, the deliberate murder of an innocent person is gravely contrary to the dignity of the human being. Yep. Number 2270. Hit it, Jay. Okay, human life must be respected and protected absolutely from the moment of conception, from the first moment of existence, a human being must be recognized as having the rights of a person, among which is the invulnerable right of its very existence to life. This is why the church is so clear. But you know what, Jess, what really frustrates me is we have people, high officials in the church, who say, oh, yeah, yeah, we will we'll give lip service. Uh, yeah, abortion's wrong. That's but exactly then, what they but, do. But then what they do is they say, hey, come on, on board, join our organization. Uh, just because you're an atheist or for killing unborn babies, you're really blessing the church. You know what, Jess? That's not consistent with what the church, and I, I out of charity, repent and say, please, don't do that because this is totally against what the church teaches. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the, didn't the Pope just... Uh Appoint an atheist and a pro board to a high position. If uh, she's a female, here, I have it right here. What she what I'll say, what he said in speaking about the gifts of women during an in-flight press conference on Sunday, okay. Pope Francis mentioned a recent appointment of a pro-abortion economist to the Pontifical Academy for Life wow. for Atheists. Too, Scandalous, right? I have seen that in the Vatican. Every time a woman comes to do work in the Vatican, things get better. The Pope said. Now, he mentioned several other positions now being filled by women, also citing by name pro-abortionist economist Maria Manzucate. Jesse, this is scandalous, but, you know, out of charity, we have to say, Holy Father, I'm going to give you a spiritual bouquet, which years ago he doesn't like spiritual bouquets, but tough. I'm going to have a rosary prayed for you so that you can stop appointing atheists and, and, and people who for, that want abortion to be uh, legal to stop them from coming into our Vatican and teaching there. It's just, it just doesn't mix. So, Jess, I, I know yeah. I said it, but I mean it not out of vindictiveness. No, out of charity. The Holy Father's to confirm us in the faith. That's not confirming us. And and uh, the, so the social teaching of the Catholic Church is that abortion is immoral and it's a grave sin. So anyone who has or even participates yep. with full knowledge and an abortion is committing a grave sin against not only his own, her soul, but against God, our creator yep. and his creation, mankind. So it's our duty to educate and comfort those in pain, especially when affected by such an atrocity as abortion. Bring them to the sacrament of confession. Amen, brother. Bring them to Jesus. Amen. But uh, as Catholics, paragraph 1868, it, it says there are nine ways that you participate in Check somebody's sin. Oh, my gosh. There is nine ways. And I'm telling you, Terry. I know. Um it's very scary what you said about the Pope right now. It is. Because it the me. paragraph 1868 yeah. says uh, sin is a personal act. We have a responsibility for the sins committed by others when we cooperate in them. How? By participating directly or voluntarily in them, by ordering, advising, praising, or approving them. Hey, if you if you hire somebody that's to a high-level position, that's approving of, of their ideology, I'm their worldview. Sad to say. Yeah, it says here, by not disclosing or not hindering them, well, no, he didn't hinder this woman. He actually elevated her to a high-level position. He didn't hinder her right. when we have an obligation to do so or by protecting evildoers. These people that he's promoted are evildoers, That's right. and he's protected them. Paragraph 1868 tells us how you commit a personal sin. Thanks be to God to a Catholic majority Supreme Court 
of conservative patriots and, uh, and, and Orthodox Catholics, we were able to turn over Roe versus Wade. But if it wasn't for, even Protestants tell me this every time I talk to them, they say, if it wasn't for you Catholics, we would still have Roe versus Wade. Now, was it, not only was it your Supreme Court justices formed by Catholic thought, but it was also Catholics praying in front of abortion clinics since 1973 with rosaries and hands right. that finally toppled this giant. Protestants even recognize this, Terry. Absolutely. And I want to also acknowledge someone that everybody's going to get mad at me to say, President Trump is the of one course. who appointed these. Let's just be honest. That's just the facts. God used this man, flawed man that he is, yep. like all of us, yep. but he used him. And Jess, I can tell you right now, I'm gonna, I, I don't tell people how to vote other than pro-life. But I'll tell you what, I'd love to have someone like that come back a second time. I hope he does. Hey, Jess, when we come back, we're going to talk about the five non-negotiables, but we're going to cover human cloning and much more here on the Terry and Jesse Show. I'd like to tell people, Jess and I are too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires because our hope is in Jesus Christ, Savior of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. If you care about the future of America, vote today for the pro-life, pro-family, pro-God person and party, and we all know which one that is. Terry, about the five non-negotiables that I mentioned on Fox and Friends, the second non-negotiable for us as Catholics that we cannot cross the line right. is human cloning. The definition of cloning in uh, the, web, the dictionary is a person or thing that appears to be an exact copy of another person or thing. Right. In the Catechism, paragraph 354, it says, Respect for laws inscribed in creation and the relations which derive from the nature of things is a principle of wisdom and a foundation for morality. 1700 Catechism. The dignity of the human person is rooted in his creation in the image and likeness of God. Then Pope John Paul II goes along into the gospel of life and he talks about human cloning. He says the various techniques of artificial reproduction, which would seem to be at the service of life and which are frequently used with this intention, actually open the door to new threats against life. Apart from the fact that they're morally unacceptable. Did you hear that? Since they separate procreation from the from the fully for the fully human context of the conjugal act, these techniques have a high rate of failure, not just a failure in relation to fertilization, but with regard to the subsequent development of the embryo, which is exposed to the risk of death, generally within a very short space of time. Furthermore, the number of embryos produces often greater than needed for implantation in the woman's womb, mm-hmm. and these so-called spare embryos are then destroyed. Or used for research, which under the pretext of scientific or medical progress, in fact, reduces human life to the level of simple biological material to be freely disposed of. Yep. Uh, some, some of this has been used in the, in the uh, COVID-19 uh, right. shots. Right. So the summary is that the Catholic Church is against the concept of human cloning because it goes against the natural law that God created. He alone is to be in control of human life. And we're to respect his laws. God's law is that new life can only come from him and from the conjugal act. That's right. Making it against God's law to clone humans without that act. That's the way God designed it, okay? That's why we do it that way. All right, euthanasia. Terry, let me just mention something about about, uh, cloning just on a... Good. This is kind of sad, but it needs to be said. Right now, 
with very few with, with very few exceptions, yeah. human cloning in general is legal in the United States of America. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. We've lost that fight. Yeah. It started first. It started first in California, spread throughout the whole country. It is now in the vast majority of states. Cloning is happening right now. Uh, it goes to show you what happens when the left is in power. Go ahead, Terry. And just one point I like to make. Just because something is legal doesn't make it morally exactly. right. And that's why when people think about these, well, the, the government says it's okay. You know what? Remember, we have principalities. We're, we want to do what God's will is, not man's will. All right, euthanasia, we call it assisted suicide. Again, just the paragraph in the catechism, 2277, that's 2277. I read it right where it says, whatever it motivates and means that direct euthanasia consists in putting an end to the life of a handicapped or sick or dying person. Is it morally acceptable? Thus, an act of omission which of itself by intention causes death in order to eliminate suffering constitutes murder gravely contrary to the dignity of the human person and to the respect due to the living God is creator. Here comes the error of judgment into which one can fall in good faith does not change the nature of the mur uh, murderous act which must always be forbidden and excluded. So, Jesse, in other words, your intentions don't make it right. That's what that's saying. Yeah, and uh, if you want to know, the, they call this physician-assisted suicide. The summary of this is yeah. it is the teaching of the Catholic Church mm -hmm. that euthanasia in regards to the elderly and handicapped for the motive of eliminating suffering is morally unacceptable. That's right. God is the ultimate power when it comes to our lives and when our time has come. Yep. While one can still discontinue medical procedures when the treatment becomes too burdensome or extreme, that, that while extending the life of a small amount, the party accepts that death is imminent besides the attempts to impede it and is therefore acceptable, though this decision should be made by the patient if competent enough. Uh, and what's also included in paragraph 2280 to clarify that it is the individual's responsibility in the end and between them and God. That's right. So what can we say about euthanasia? Again, it's still one of the three non-negotiables for us as Catholics. We don't kill. Uh, we don't kill. We don't intentionally kill people. That's period. And we don't uh, turn our doctors into killers uh, either. Oh. Also, there are, but here's the, something else that's kind of sad. There are several states in our country right now yes. that have legalized euthanasia. Right. So it's it's not on all fifty states, but there are I think you know at least a like dozen Oregon. or so states sure. that have accepted uh, euthanasia. So we've lost the battle in like a dozen states in this country. And, and Terry, you, Jesse, yeah. what I want to say is you can go on YouTube and type in euthanasia, and you hear people. Uh, saying, oh, uh, yeah, I just got diagnosed with cancer, and so I decided that uh, I'm going to you know, uh, euthanize myself tomorrow because, you know what, I really don't want to have to deal with suffering. And they say it that way. And I think of it just when you watch these people who have been bamboozled to believe that when they die, they don't have any existence. You know, it's like what they say, well, what do you think is going to happen after you die? Nothing. I had my ride. And they're that, that fooled. And I feel bad because they're 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 telling people that yeah never have any suffering just suffering's bad 
So when you don't feel like you can handle something, we'll give you a shot. We'll we'll put some put you in a gas chamber and you know get you, what? Yes, they put you in a little gas chamber to take you out. This is why the Catholic Church is so much opposed to it because what we say in the Our Father is Thy will be done, not my will be done. And suicide, Terry, is your will being done. You got it. And it goes against the fifth commandment: Thou shalt not kill, and that also includes killing yourself. Yep. And so this is why euthanasia is is considered intrinsically evil. By the way, the federal government yeah. does not have assisted suicide laws. Those laws have been passed at the state, state level, level yeah. at about a dozen different states in the country. So the f- the fourth non-negotiable stem cell research, oh. dec- uh, the Declaration on the, pro- on the Production and the Scientific and Therapeutic Use of Human Embryonic Stem Cells, a human individual has the right to his own life. Yep. And therefore, every intention, every intervention, excuse me, which is not in favor of the embryo is an act which violates that right. Let me jump where, where the USCC, they weigh in. They say this, the, the U.S. bishops say, the church supports ethically responsible stem cell research while opposing any research that exploits or destroys human embryos. Because the church opposes deliberately destroying innocent human life at any stage for research or any other purpose, it opposes embryonic stem cell research as currently conducted. However, when scientists propose avenues for possibly obtaining embryonic stem cells or their pluripotent equivalent without creating or harming embryos, clearly the church favors ethically acceptable stem cell research. It opposes destroying human li- some human lives now on the pretext that this may possibly help other lives in the future. We must respect life at all times, especially when our goal is to save lives. And a good summary of this teaching is, while this is relatively a new subject, right, the Catholic Church stands firmly with a pro-life stance similar to abortion. Every life is sacred and must be treated with dignity. Whether it is for research or to save future lives, we are not to murder. Yeah, I like that word. That's what it is, murder any current life for the fulfill, furtherment of the future research. See, Jesse, that's what took place with our vaccine also, yeah. right? Yeah, t- yeah. the COVID-19 Killing. vaccines were made yes. with embryonic fetal stem they, cells. Yes. And, and guess what? The USCCB and the Vatican caved into the medical mafia and they did not stand up to them, but instead the USCCB and the Vatican ordered us faithful in many dioceses. If you want to keep your job and come to mass, you got to get the jab. Yeah. And actually it went even further. The Vatican actually said, do your duty and get jabbed. That, that was really a, a crazy statement in my humble opinion. And again, we are trying to not be critical of anyone other than the facts. The facts are uh, that we can't be participating in any of this immoral action because it, it really does affect the exit interview when everybody dies and everybody nobody gets out alive. We're all going to be asked this question. How did you, I, I really believe that, on the five non-negotiables, where's your, what, you know, what, how did you act? Because I think this is so fundamental to morality in our culture today. But I'll tell you what, the bishops and the Pope have a much, 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 oh. much larger responsibility than a lay Catholic does. Yeah. To much has been given, much has been expected. Yeah. Homosexual marriage, oh, catechism, goodness. we got two minutes left. In well, hit, par- hit it. Paragraph 2357, 2358, 2360. It lays it out there. It's not allowed. Let me give you the summary. Charlie, you want to read the summary? Uh, well, you go ahead and read it, Jess. 
It is the teaching of the Catholic Church that homosexual marriage is yep. not marriage mm-hmm. and goes against God's instituted natural law. Yep. The concept of two people of the same sex being able to procreate as as is the reason for marriage, procreation and unity, goes against the logic of nature. Marriage was created for a man and a woman who are open to life to express to each other the full self-giving and unity of the sacrament and each other. Since this cannot be obtained through same-sex unions, the church teaches that the act of homosexuality is morally wrong. While it condemns the act, the sinners to be loved and helped in any way possible, there is to be respect and compassion directed towards them as they struggle to find their way to Christ and his calling for them. I'm sad to report to you that this is an area where, we, where we've lost this non-negotiable in America because the Supreme Court legalized so-called homosexual marriage nationwide 15, yeah. in the case of Obergfell versus Hodges, June 26, 2015. Yep. So these five issues that are extremely important when voting for this election season, uh, again, these are the five issues that the Catholic Church stands firm on. So as practicing Catholics, we need to stand firm with the church, whether you consider yourself Republican, Democrat, Independent, or yep. other. It's imperative that you vote on your beliefs and as Catholics. And again, here's a good starting list of the things that are hot button and important when you go to the voting booth. And trust me, you're going to be asked about this in your exit interview. With you Gina. got it. And it's time to go out and research your candidates on these issues so that you form your conscience in a Catholic view. When we come back, oh boy, are you ready? Politics and the four sins that cry out to heaven. Ooh, that got me. That's an amazing article. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. There are four sins that cry out to heaven. These are mortal sins on steroids. Yep. Mortal sin sends you to hell if you don't repent and and commit and uh, confess your sin, uh, have contrition and amend your life. You'll go to hell. But there are f- within the category of mortal sins, there are four mortal sins which are particularly egregious. Mm-hmm. And we want to talk about them because I want to look at both parties in light of these four sins that cry out to heaven. Sure. And I believe that the Democrat Party violates all four big time. Yeah. So the first one is the blood of Abel, it cries out to heaven. The catechism explains that quoting Genesis 4.10, where the Lord said, what you have done, the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. What's the sin here? It's murder. Uh, St. John Paul makes the blood of Abel uh, an icon of abortion in his encyclical Evangelium Vitae saying that too often threats to life arise within the relationship between parents and children, such as happens in abortion or when in the wider context of family or kinship, euthanasia is encouraged or practiced. So St. John Paul II says this is violated, the blood of Abel that cries out to heaven, abortion and euthanasia. Yep. All right, so let's look at the both parties. Both party platforms. What party supports abortion and euthanasia? The Democrat Party. Simple. It's on their platform. Yeah, so if you're a if you're a diehard, uncompro- uncompromising, 100% pro-lifer, take comfort, uh, you're in good company by not voting for the Democrats today. And guess what? You're in good company because you're in good company with God because God hates this sin as well. What's the next one, Terry? Second, the sin of, of the Sodomites cries out to heaven. What exactly is that? Well, the Catechism cites Genesis 18.12 and 19.13 to explain 
But the New Testament sums both up quite nicely, Jess. Sodom and, uh, and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. That's Jude chapter 1, verse 7. Certainly, the sin of the Sodomites, referring to homosexual acts, not person acts, but there are plenty of other sins that close the sexual act to the gift of life. As the Catechism puts it, even secular critics in Time magazine are decrying the effects of pornography. And in an article not yet available online, even masturbation. And Sodom and Gomorrah have nothing on the disaster of contraception-fueled sexual revolution and growing horror of sexual trafficking. So do sexual sins bother you a lot? Well, they bother God. I hope so. So let's look at both parties. Yeah. It's the Democrat Party that, starting with Obama, Yes, it was under his regime where the ball got rolling, and now we have the legalization of, of so-called same-sex marriage. This has happened because, in fact, Barack Obama actually said, right before he left office, he says, one of my greatest contributions in eight years is getting uh, same-sex marriage legalized. And so Jesse he, just... He, br he brags about it. Yeah, but he you know who else about brags it. about influencing uh, President Obama to doing that? Joe Biden. That's right. Biden's the one that brags about it. Yep. So again, this is one of the... This is the second out of the four sins that cry, that cry out to God uh, for vengeance yep. in heaven. Uh, that, uh, so... Uh, the Republican Party, on their platform, they're pro-natural marriage. Yep. Natural, what is that? And between a man and a woman. Yeah. Right on their platform. Now, it doesn't mean that you don't have... Uh, the left is trying to infiltrate the Republican Party. There's a small group of Republicans called the Log Cabin Republicans. Mm -hmm. Guess yeah. what? They're all homosexuals. Yep. They're trying to... The Democrats are trying to infiltrate the Republican Party to change their platform by sticking their nose into the tent like a camel. And so there's a small little cancerous group called the Log Cabin Republicans. We, not, we need to keep our eye on them and make sure they never change the party platform. Uh, number, number three. Yeah. Third sin that cries out to heaven of the, of the, of the four sins that, that uh, are egregious before God. The third. It's the cry of the people oppressed in Egypt. Uh, that cries out to heaven. So the Catechism cites the Exodus story here, which Pope Benedict summed up this way. He said, God is attentive to the cry of the poor and in return asked to be listened to. He asked for justice towards the poor, the stranger, the slave. Left-wing types are, are worried about worldwide poverty, and so is God. Conservatives care too. The Economist it's a magazine, cheers the global decline of poverty in our time and wants more of it. One thing the magazine admits, though, is that the global numbers mostly reflect the decline of poverty in China. Improvements there have come up at a steep human cost, uh, splitting up families to work in substandard conditions uh, for low wages. In fact, the system, the communist system, creates and exploits new de facto widows and orphans as captured in a documentary called The Last Train Home. So I would just say that this this sin, the sin of, of the cry of the people oppressed in Egypt, to me, these are the bitter fruits of socialism and communism, mm -hmm. this, this, which is what happens to, in today's modern Democrats, because that's what they promote. 
If you don't believe me, in the words of Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, he promotes international socialism. He says, by 2030, you will own nothing and be happy. <laughs> so the World Economic Forum wants to make all of us, Terry, yeah. all of us oppressed people under the, the Great Reset and the global re- the, and, and uh, you know the globalists. Yeah. But but I can tell you when you look at history and even Catholic historians admit this. Right. Free market capitalism works a lot better in helping the poor improve their situation and move upwards towards the middle class. And this is what's advocated by the Republicans. So who violates the third sin? The Democrats. Yes, the Acton Institute has a very good article on that. People can go to actoninstitute.org showing that the people who pulled them out of what, what system pulled more people out of poverty? Was it socialism? Was it communism? No. It was capitalism, Jess. I'm just, just the facts. So there you go. The fourth injustice to wage earners cries out to heaven. For this one, the catechism quotes Deuteronomy 24, 14, and 15. Do not take advantage of the hired worker who is poor and needy, whether that worker is a fellow Israelite or a foreigner residing in one of your towns. Now, that sounds uncomfortably close to the situation in the United States where we welcome into the country an immigrant class that will work for a low pay. Immigrants are 13% of the U.S. population, but make up a huge proportion of our house cleaners, 45%, taxi drivers, chauffeurs, 37% meat processors, uh, and on and on, 35% of the ground workers. This is from for the Center for Immigration Studies. Now, the Catechism also quotes the letter of St. James, which is a short book but powerful book. Chapter 5, verse 4. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you cries out against you, and the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord. It is hard to read those words and not think about America's underclass migrant farm workers. Now, does it bother you that our lifestyle is made possible by an underpaid lower class? In other words, you have someone clean your house. I got someone that helps us out. But man, they get paid well over minimum wage. Believe me. Why do I do that? Because they're, they earn it. They work. And this is why we need to have a just wage for people to be able to support their family. And I would even go on to say, Jesse, that... Uh, it would be great to have just dad's wage provide for the family, not have to have mom go out. The Democrats work. haven't made that possible. I know that, yes. that by inflation. Yep. Terry, uh, if we fixed and enforced our immigration laws, we could fix the issue of unjust wages being oh, yeah. paid to illegal immigrants. Oh, Why? Yeah. Because we wouldn't have illegal immigrants. Of course not. But the Democrats perpetuate the cycle of poverty mm-hmm. with their open border policy and sanctuary cities because they benefit from the cheap labor and the Republicans turn a blind eye to this problem. That's right. The Republicans are now paying more, much more attention to the open borders because of all the drugs pouring into this country and the human and child sex trafficking that's permitted because of these open border policies implemented by the Democrats. But let's not forget that there are entry-level jobs that pay less because it takes no skill or less skill to do that work. And these are the jobs that many immigrants, legal and illegal, participate in. The Democrats, they want to promote equality to sound, to sound so righteous. Yeah. Equality. 
Well, you know what? The Republicans promote equity. Now, let me tell you the difference. difference. The words equality and equity look similar. They sound similar and even point to the same concept of fairness. But so if if, if at first, if you think you mean the same thing, you could get fooled. The word equality means sameness. Democrats want everybody to be the same. Equity means fairness. In other words, that everybody gets the same opportunity. If you want to see what sameness looks like under the Democrats, a friend of ours that used to work for Terry, he was a Cuban guy. He told me, he goes, Jess, I was a janitor. I was a hospital janitor in Cuba. He says, I made as much as the doctor in a Cuban hospital. Wow. That's equality under socialists, communists, and the Democrats. They want equality, which means the same. A janitor and a doctor make the same in Cuba. Republicans promote fairness. What does that mean? It means let's level the playing field, give everybody a fair chance, and let everybody show their talent and and everybody is going to merit what they deserve exactly. based on their talent, based on their knowledge, experience, and skill. Yeah, That's Jesse, I would mention just a quick thing about the affirmative action. The Supreme Court's going to be deciding on that. People coming into schools, it should be based on performance, not the color of their skin, as, as um, uh, Martin Luther King would say, the character of a man is more important than the color of his skin. So this is why we're bringing these things up, because today is voting day. And again, the midterm elections provide an opportunity to galvanize pro-life America, and we must not lose it. So please get out and vote. I'm going to say that they're they're looking at the four sins that cry out to heaven objectively. Yeah. I'm going to say that the Democrats violate all four sins found in paragraph 1861 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Amen. Up next is Bishop Joseph Strickland. you got to hear this show. It's an amazing show, folks. If you're brand new. It's a bishop who speaks his mind, not politically correct. Stay with us on that one. If you don't have our show on your network, just go to vmpr.org, download our free app on your phone, and you'll be listening to all the shows. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Excuse, it was paragraph 1867, 1867 of the Catechism. Live in a state of grace, don't live in a state of mortal sin. Be holy or die trying. Get out there and vote for the pro-life, pro-God, pro-family party. And uh, remember, evangelize, evangelize, and evangelize. Terry, take it away. You got it. And don't forget Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Redemptive suffering. Let's offer our suffering in union with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. May God richly bless you.